Hi there, Regina here. This week's episode is all about the impact of social media on our mental health. And we're going to spend some time talking about it from a young people's perspective, but we're also going to touch on the impact for adults. How does it impact us and what should we do about it? This is part of our summer series. It's a pre-recorded talk that I did on social media. And so you'll notice that I might respond to comments or ask people to give a wave. And so just wanted to give you a heads up that that's what's going on when you hear some of this information. But there's a lot of statistics and information that I pack into this episode. I'm really excited for you to hear about it. It's something I'm passionate about, um, just preserving our sanity while interacting with social media and using technology to our best advantage. Um, So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed mental health counselor, and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith, all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. Okay, I am really excited about today's topic, social media and its impact on your mental health. So if you're watching and if you have a question about any of this while we're talking, feel free to drop it in the comments and I'll do my best to answer. And I'm kind of curious, I mean, this is going to be a little surprising. I think we kind of already know the answer to this question. What is the impact of social media on our mental health? But it's hard to slow down and really think about it. So let's break it down. And as a caveat, I'm going to say that the statistics I'm going off here are really only going up till about 2017, some 2019. So that's about the most recent information we have. So let's see. Most adults, I think over 80% of adults are on social media right now. And it varies based on age range. So even people over 65 years of age, which is the highest age group, there's 30% of people in that age group who are still on social media. So the majority of people are online, whereas compared to teenagers ages 13 to 17, 97% of teenagers today have at least one social media account. So this impacts people of all ages and all ranges. And it's really important for us to know What is that impact on our mental health? Well, I have a little bit of bad news, unfortunately, because since 2008, all the way up, they have been tracking rates of depression, of suicidality, so suicidal thoughts, suicide attempts, feelings of loneliness. All of these items that I just mentioned have increased the rates have increased dramatically. I'm talking high significant numbers, 71%, 150%, depending on what category it's in. And it has just continually gone up over the years after the introduction of smartphones and social media. As the increase, as the numbers of users have increased, so have also increased those things. Now, here's an interesting component to that. Does that mean that social media automatically makes you depressed just by its very presence, just by you scrolling through even happy things, puppies and whatnot? Does that mean your mental health is going to be impacted negatively because of that? I would say, of course not. And most of the studies in these areas are really done with young adults, with teenagers. So we're talking 
ages 13 up to about 25 to that young adult range is really where the focus has been. Um, but they have done some studies of older adults as well. And what's really interesting is it depends on what's happening on social media and why that impacts somebody's younger, somebody's mental health, especially a younger person. So for example, um, if a high schooler is online, there's lots of things you can imagine that can be happening in their social media circles online. So whether that be bullying, insults, name calling, drama, you know, rumors, gossip, all of those types of things. So if you think about it, growing up for anyone who's um, my age or older, um, we had an opportunity to go to school and have all of that drama at school. And then when you get home, you kind of get to turn it off a little bit. You didn't have it follow you. But now with people today, they go online and all of that bullying, um, whatever drama might have been happening in the day follows them home and continues online. So there's sort of this 24-7 cycle. And that's what chips away at somebody's mental health. That's where you start seeing reports of young people expressing more loneliness, more um, stress, more worry, more depression, because they're constantly confronted with this level of intensity, this level of drama that comes along with the social interactions of social media. And they've found that around age 25 and older, that that doesn't impact adults as much. And I think part of that is because of just natural maturity. There's not as much drama happening, hopefully, in somebody's life 25 years and older and not in the same way that it does at a high school level or at a young adult level. And so things kind of level out and people's as people's lives mellow out as they mature, you're not confronted with the same type of intense drama. And as an adult, you learn how to cope and manage with those stressors a lot differently than you do when you're younger, when you're in high school. And so I think that contributes to the disparity there. Here's another interesting thing that I found out too, the addictive piece of social media. And there was a really interesting thing that I came across that was talking about normal social interactions. So when you're in a conversation with a person face-to-face, you're only 30 to 40% likely to speak about yourself in those interactions. However, on social media, somebody is 80% more likely to speak about themselves on social media. So think about the disparity in that as far as the shifts and the changes culturally of what that means long-term of just how that changes our day-to-day -day interactions, the expectations of what's considered normal or not normal, going from 30 to 40% in-person talking about yourself to 80% talking online. Hey guys, if you're watching, give a wave, say hello, comment below if you have any questions. So think about that. So we're talking about addiction and social media. And so you're 80 times more likely to talk about yourself when you're online on a social media. And then in addition to that, when somebody likes on a photo or comments or gives some type of positive affirmation, that's a dopamine hit to our brains. And so we start to naturally seek out that affirmation, that dopamine. So the phone in and of itself becomes an attachment and it can be developed into an unhealthy attachment because we know we need that device to post something about ourselves to get the affirmation, which will make us want to post again. 
And this is crucial. This is why so many parents are starting to see addictive type of behaviors in their young people because it makes them more likely to spend time online because they want that affirmation. They want that dopamine hit. And it's already kind of imbalancing. You see the impact culturally on the expectations about how often you should be talking about yourself because of just how social media has developed and structured itself. Now, here's another interesting thing. I don't know how this is possible, <laughs> but, um, and this just, I'm probably telling my own age, I don't know how this is possible. This is just me being a little old, potentially, and clueless, but um, eighth graders, they studied eighth graders and eighth graders who spend at least 10 hours a day. I don't know how this is even possible, <laughs> but eighth graders spending 10 hours a day on social media, the rates of increased depression and the likelihood of addictive behaviors, as you could imagine, really skyrocket. So parents of eighth graders, parents, I just want to encourage you to please try to rein that in a little bit. They still have high school ahead of them. They have plenty of time to get familiar and getting accustomed to learning to manage their time online. Let's try to cut that off because eighth grade, I mean, we don't need, do we really need 10 hours? I mean, please, please people, I'm begging you. <laughs> um, and so when we think about the addictive piece, when we think about the increases in rates of depression and suicidal thoughts and suicide attempts, when we think about the conversations happening online for our young people, whether it's bullying, um, insults, like I mentioned before, this really can impact our mental health. So what do we do about it? When we know we're getting to that place where we're either reading too much negativity, even as adults, um, whether it be politics, whatever's happening in the news, or just that rude, weird family member posting things that we don't want to see. What do we do about it? They have found that, you're not going to like this, they have found that in three weeks time, if somebody can, especially a young person, can commit to going on social media only 10 minutes a day, yes, you heard that correctly, 10 minutes a day for three weeks, those rates of depression go down significantly to virtually nothing within just three weeks. Now, I know that basically what I just said sounds impossible. <laughs> and so even with 30 minutes a day, if somebody can limit their behaviors online or interactions online to 30 minutes a day, you will still see a decrease in those depressive symptoms. So really think about how you want to structure your schedule. So say you really were going to try to do this 30 minute time limit for yourself. Think about how you're going to spread that out. You know, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at lunch, 10 minutes in the evening. Are you going to save it all till the end of the day and catch up? And what fail safes are you going to put in place? Maybe setting a timer while you go online to make sure you stick to that time limit. Um, whatever it is, little tricks that you can do but in general, just being more mindful of how much time you're really spending um, so that you can really be aware of that impact of your mental health. Like I said, if, if your eighth grader is spending 10 hours a day online, how much time are you spending? And that might be really interesting to find out and think about are there ways where I could be making adjustments. For those of you, I don't know, if, for anyone who might practice Lent, that is coming up and that is a beautiful time to consider cutting back on social media. I've, I've known lots of people who've given it up entirely for Lent and they come back later at Easter and they say, 
that was great. I barely missed anything. I didn't, you know, it didn't matter that I wasn't online. So it would be an interesting experiment to try um, and see how it goes for you. But really take a reflection and think back on those moments and really reflect on how these past few months have impacted you. And like I said before, these statistics I shared are all pre-pandemic. And that's the kicker for me is what influence the pandemic is going to have on the combination of social media and our mental health. I don't even want to think about it. I can't imagine, but it has to be significant. There's no way that this pandemic hasn't altered the way we interact online and how often we're online. So I think all of those numbers and statistics are going to go way up once we get them in. We already know people are calling mental health providers more often throughout 2020, increased rates of calls to suicide hotlines. So I can only imagine what this pandemic is going to do to social media use and our mental health. So try to limit yourself stay calm, stay healthy. Try not to talk about yourself as much online and see if that helps too. And um, that's it. Oh, and I want to let you guys know, stay tuned because I have a challenge coming up, a couples challenge. It's called Couples Love Adventure Challenge. So stay tuned because we're going to do a week's long worth of activities. I'm talking everything from connection, increasing your authentic connection to communication. So we're talking intimacy, physical, emotional intimacy, communication exercises. We're going to have our own Facebook group to get through this challenge. So I can't wait for you guys to join me. So pay attention. More details coming soon. And I'll see you next time. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more Connecting Out Loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, I appreciate each and every review. So if you can take some time to rate and review this show, I read each one and I love hearing from you. Be intentional and connect out loud.